0: I'm coming in
1: for you. You're listening to Cooper Talk. Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, him only as hip as my guests. And i got to tell you something, people. The gentleman on my show today is a really great actor. I mean, you've seen him on The Wire You've seen him on Lauder, SVU. You've seen him on Ray Donovan. You've seen him on Blue Bloods. He's been on a bunch of stuff. He's constantly working. He's also an East Coast guy, what I like about him, too, because I'm an East Coast guy. And starting on this Monday, April 25th, he's on a new show from the from the creators of The Wire called We Own the City. I thought it was on Sunday. I went to tape it, and for this coming Sunday, I went, oh, no, it's on Monday. And my guest is Delaney Williams. How are you doing, Delaney?
0: I am great. Thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, how excited are you? I mean you know you know going into this show it's got a ton of buzz because people love the wire and it's the same people and you can i mean tell me about the show what's it's, what, it's, what it's about and what's your character
0: well i'm thrilled. i mean i i I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm only seeing bits and pieces, but i'm hearing great things from uh back at the office um and uh, our first review I think came out today. I think David was tweeting about uh uh, a really great review. So look for an IndieWire review um, of We Own the City. Uh, your question was, <laughs> what again? <laughs> How excited are you? I mean, it's going to be... I'm excited? I'm pretty thrilled. I mean, it's going to be... Uh, uh, it's going to be... A, it's, it was a, a bringing back together of, like you said, uh, the blown uh, deadline folks, which is David Simon and George Pelicanos and Ed Burns and, and their crew, and they've taken uh, Justin Fenton's telling of the story surrounding the Gun Trace Task Force uh, scandal in Baltimore and the events of the Freddie Gray uh, time, it, which happened about the same time as Freddie Gray, uh, or just uh, just after. And um, at least the the, the, the this part of the story that we tell is is from Freddie Gray forward, basically. And we go back and find out about the 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 crooked cops and the detectives who, who, what, what they did along the way. And, and then through that time period. And we, you know, it's another, it's, it's for those who are fans of the wire, it's another telling of, uh, and a further telling of, of 20 years later, um, the same sort of story of the city. And this is particular to, uh, Baltimore. It's particular to its police department and, um, how, uh, they work in the city and um i don't know it's it's the the difference you'll see probably is the wire was a fictionalized version of david and, and and his writers were telling the story of the city and and they told it through different stories each season was a new thrust main thrust and in this one it's uh justin fenton's book justin fenton was a long time just as i i believe david was a longtime crime reporter, crime beat reporter, urban reporter, city reporter in, uh, in, for the Baltimore Sun. And, um, he wrote this book uh, about these events. He, you know, he's been on the ground there 20 years researching all of this and he has all the background in mean, these folks. And, uh, uh he tells uh, a story that needs to be heard about where we have gone and where they are now. And, uh, pretty deeply disturbing story about um um what we allow ourselves to get away with we as a society allow um the people in charge of us to get away with um and who we put there and why we put them there and um what we can do about it i guess really in the end it's uh it's not uh, the wire was a fictionalized story it was a fiction complete fiction uh I did play uh, Jay Landsman. That was based on a, a real person named Jay Landsman, but um, uh, that's where the similarity ends. Really, uh, um, he was in that same position. They just used the name, borrow, borrowed the name, and of course, Jay was good enough to be in the show as well. So, um, and um, this is actual reporting that Justin put into book form. And so it's a nonfiction story told with uh, a pretty much straightforward, uh, very, uh, very close to the actual story in the book. I mean, if you've read the book, you're going to get the book. Um, And uh, the only difference really is, um, is the fictionalized character uh, of Nicole Steele that Wumi plays. Um, She's kind of the central story storytelling device of the show, but anyway, I think you're it's it, it's kind of for everyone it's for wire fans and it's for those interested in this sort of sort of storytelling where it's um, there's sort of a mission to it there's a um, desire to um, elucidate. The, the difficulties and problems in the city and and hopefully give an opportunity to hear you know basically everyone's side of the story
1: um and then you you get to decide now now tell me about your character in it tell me about your character in this i mean we know you know you played I you mean, know, you, you play you know you played a cop you you are either you're the defense attorney you know you play all these different roles but tell me about the story because now you're actually are you're playing someone real so that must be somewhat interesting
0: yeah um again this is uh this is where the fiction steps in we're actors so uh uh, when I was Jay Landsman, I was playing the complete creation of a person named James La- Jay Landsman in a show that was completely fictional, uh, and based in the facts of the city of Baltimore. But you know, it all came out of their heads. This is um, I play uh, in We Own the City, uh, P- Police Commissioner Kevin Davis, who was a uh, deputy commissioner at the time of Freddie Gray, and then rose to. Uh, uh, the commissioner and had, um, all of this that we are going to spell out in the next six episodes of, uh, we own the city, all of this going on, uh, with almost no one at the top knowing there was of course, uh, some who knew, and, uh, I think Kevin Davis was one who did not, he actually came into the department from outside and around the, I believe it was. Yeah. And, um, and of course, was in P.G. and is now in Fairfax County. He's a D.M.V.er, just like me, District, Maryland, Virginia, um, and David and George. Um, we all kind of are from here at the same around the same time. Um, he is an old, uh, a, a decent person. I got a chance to meet him. Uh, uh, I believe him. He's an honest police officer and a and a decent human being, and he's trying to do what's right all the time. And uh, in this series, you'll see. Pretty much that he's really the
1: guy who's stuck between the rock and several hard places, as it were. You know. Now, when you, when you play him, did you meet him before you started playing him or after? Because did you do any research? I did, I because did. it's like you, you always sit there and you think, you know, if, if an actor plays someone who already died, okay, right. you can't do it re- or someone years ago. But for this, you do the research, but then I know as an actor, you want to make the role your own. So how did you tackle this role playing a real guy?
0: Well you know it's funny as uh, I looked at the writing and I and I and I did get a chance to meet with Kevin uh George Pelicanos put us in touch and uh we had lunch prior to uh going into uh production uh, had a long nice long lunch and I got to record his voice and mannerisms and talk about all kinds of things and he gave me some information he kept uh and and still we're in contact to to today uh fingers crossed he enjoys the show (laughs) but um uh all that being said it was still a fictionalized version for instance he's he's if you're from where i'm from i know he's a pg county guy he sounds just like everyone i grew up with right down the street i'm in montgomery county and they're right over there in pg um he's uh, yeah and he has certain mannerisms and 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 so I tried to uh, not copy him, but let that uh, inspire, because it is a fictionalized telling of the story, and um, so uh, it actually was very, very helpful. Because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the one of the really important things that I took from actually meeting with him and studying him and listening to what he had to say about all of these events. And then turning around and trying to become him for this uh, purpose of our story was our story is so uh, meticulously close to what is reported fact, almost across the board, um, that w- there was no pushing that needed to be involved. I didn't have to go uh, create someone other than, and I didn't have to ape his mannerisms and voice. I just had to be that person in that time. That's it's the simplest thing, simplest way I could put it. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. It's kind of an actor
1: thing. thing. Well, no, um, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, yeah, I talk to a lot of actors. I totally understand. Now, was this part, did you get offered this or did you audition? Because you've worked with uh, David before. I mean, how does it work when you're in his, in his I guess, his Zyka, his, his world?
0: Well, um, I don't know how it is when you're in his world. The last time I worked for him was about 15 years ago. Um <laughs> But I have worked for him several times, and, and I guess I am in that world, and that's why, yeah, this was, sometimes you audition, most of the times you audition, or self-tape at this point, uh, for almost any role that you're uh, interested in or they're interested in you for. Um, but this was a, a straight offer from the producers, because we had known each other, so we know each other so well. And uh, I think George said, you know, he was thinking about me right from the get-go, so... Um, rich pelotonos um so um yeah that's how that works uh, the rest of it is i have no idea how it works if you can explain it to me then i'll know <laughs> i'll be an agent if i
1: can explain it i'll be an agent to handle everybody exactly <laughs> so when did you how did you know how did you get into acting did you always have the acting bug because you're a big guy did you play sports when you were younger
0: or oh yeah what, what was, I, I get that I get that question a lot. It's um, I was from. I get that question today with people I, I work with, and, and um, um, they're like, a lot of people think think I was a police officer first, and then I played police officers. Um, uh, no, I was. It was the bug from junior high school and high school on. I w- went to college for acting. I got kicked out of college for acting like a college student. Um, And then I uh, I, I basically had two jobs all uh, for the last 40 years. I had a day job and I had the acting. I did mostly stage work for about 10, 15 years. And then um, the first television show was a David Simon sort of show. Uh, I know he was a producer on, I think, Homicide, Life on the Streets, which was on NBC. It was my very first opportunity because right here in the D.C. area. Uh, and Baltimore, actually, that was shot in as well. Um, uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I had mostly done stage work up until that point and I continued to do stage work recently. Um, I haven't done any recently, but I'm looking to change that pretty soon, actually. I think uh, we're looking at something maybe for next year. But um, the uh, it's been mostly television and film ever since because that's, you know... It's actually
1: the business of the business, so, uh, where you can make a living. So. Now, when you got Homicide, I mean, you went on, and that was a great show. For some reason, you can't find it. Like, you know, there's some shows you can never find, like on Cable or Ivo, you can't find that, you can't find Barney Miller, you can't find The White Shadow, you can't find all okay. these shows that are just good shows. I mean, they're looking sure. back, they're very cutting-edge and good. Yeah. What, what was it like to be part of that show? Because, I mean, what was your role when you went to, uh, to Homicide? Homicide,
0: <laughs> um, actually, I, I had a chance to, you know, reminisce with a couple of people and think about it recently because um, my couple of scenes, or uh, one of my fir- the first scene that I shot was um, with Yafik Kodo, who played Al Giordano, I believe the name was, of the, the captain of the precinct. And um, <clears throat> I played a cousin of his. Now, if you know Yafik Kodo, He's a very, he was a very large uh, African-American man, and uh, I'm a very large Caucasian-American man. <laughs> so we were playing cousins, but it was, you know, he, uh, what happened was my character's uh, father was brutally murdered, murdered in my house. Uh, and Yafik um, comes to console me, and, um, and uh, of course, to run the investigation. Uh, and so he walks into the house in the very first scene and, uh, he, uh, he gives me a big hug and I give him a hug right back. And, and this is, uh, we're just rehearsing so for camera, so they can see what to do. And the DP says, he turns to everyone and he says, I don't think I have a lens wide enough to get this job because <laughs> we were two very huge men. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, it was a ball. It was a, a thrilling ex- uh, experience and that television show was brilliant as well was from uh tom fontana and um i guess it was fontana levinson company yeah but i think Tom fontana was the uh showrunner and um uh it, it was a ball and it was a great experience it, it's an enormous learning experience for an actor who doesn't hadn't at that point done a lot of television it, i learned a lot of things in a very short period of time um, about what to do and what not to do, I guess. Well, then <laughs> you all, you also then it's you went It's a difficult on, thing to learn because you have to actually be
1: on set to learn it. And it's very difficult to get that job, especially the first one. So you got that first job. Then now you ended up working with uh, those guys again in the corner. Yes. Yes. Now, um, now, now that show was very critically acclaimed, acclaimed. I think it got some Emmy nominations. Yeah, absolutely. One what, Emmy's. One what, Emmy's. What, is it, what does it feel like, you know, when you're going—I always, I always try to compare it when you go into a show like that that's written well and is a great cast. I always think it's like when you're a baseball player and, you, let's say, you sign with the Yankees or whoever. I mean, what's it like going back because you were familiar with the guys a little bit, right? You were familiar with the production? Well, it's a
0: to- it was a totally, totally different production, actually. That was an old NBC show. Um, Homicide, Life on the Streets, and it was a number of years later before, you know, I had done a bunch of other television shows in between. Um, It was a number of years later before uh, The Corner um, came into being, and I knew nothing of it. Uh, I was hired, I was called in by the local casting director, um, who was the same casting director, Pat Moran, she does a lot of the casting. She, She worked with John Waters for years and years, and I think still does, and and, uh, she does a lot of local casting in the Baltimore area. And she was a local casting director on, uh, Homicide, which is how I got the first job. And then, uh, uh a number of years later, um, they called me in for the corner and I read, <laughs> I read the size and I says, isn't there anything? It was just one scene. It was like two lines. Uh, and I said, isn't there anything else? And, uh, they're like, um, well, There's only two white guys in this whole thing, and this is one of them. So, yeah, if you're going to read for something, it's going to be this. So I said, absolutely, let's do this. And uh, so I read. I didn't – I wanted to do something. Anyway, I I ended up getting the job, and I think they they, uh, liked what I did with it because they wrote the guy into another scene in the same um, uh, six-episode miniseries, which it, it didn't start out being. It was just the one scene. ended up doing another episode, which is uh, fabulous for a journeyman character actor because I got paid two days instead of just one. Um, And then uh, that show did really well. And when I saw it, I was like, this is amazing stuff. And and even when I was doing it and I was reading the scripts, I was like, this is kind of much better than I watch on television. I'm so glad to be in this. And then uh, I guess it came back around... Uh, the question was how going from there to there to the wire. Um, uh, How did that come? Oh, I didn't even get read for Lansman at the beginning. I think um, they ended up uh, having to, um, I I know that they read Jay Lansman for Jay Lansman, and um, uh, I suppose they read, read a bunch of folks in New York, but they came back eventually and said, could you come in and read for this? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, And I remember that uh, audition uh, distinctly because I went in and I was kind of nervous. And I'm not all that nervous usually, but I was pretty nervous. And uh, so I started getting inside my head. I was doing the scene, but I don't even remember saying the words because I was saying to myself, oh, that's not good. Don't do that. Don't move. All of this stuff was going on inside my head instead of what was going on, and so by the time I got to the end, I just stopped and I, I turned to him and said and i and I could see them I could see them behind the uh, I, I think David was there, and Bob was there uh, Colesbury and uh, uh Clark I'm sure was there, the director of the uh, of the pilot Clark Johnson, and uh I could see them just cringing like why did we think maybe we should bring this guy in and I I was just burning in my seat just I I knew I was going to implode Uh, and I got to the end and I said hey listen wait stop I have no idea what the fuck I just said for the last five minutes can we start this over again and try again and I could hear the, I could feel the tension go out of the room they're like yes please please try it again (laughs) so and and it
1: went good after that and, and I got the job now what was it like the first year on that show? Because you know, I, I talked to Jim, True Foss, about this and you know, no one no one knows when you're on a show that it's gonna be you know, some people say it's the best TV show ever. I mean, and no one knows that when you walk into a set. You know, I mean I've heard there's shows that look so good on paper and they come out and they suck. And then there's paper that yeah. shows that go, This is the stupidest thing ever and you go, Holy crap, this is great. What was the feeling like that first that first season? I mean you guys don't know if you're gonna get picked up and I mean just so what's it going to, like going to set every day was there was there a buzz or because I guess you could probably tell the writing was really good
0: well, I think everybody was very happy uh I know I was thrilled um when we got to see uh the pilot and then uh, and then uh after it got picked up and we started working, we got to see the first two episodes. Um, And, uh, you know, what's funny is um, part of how I knew it was good was I couldn't follow it. (laughs) Um, Not meaning I couldn't follow the storyline, but I was like, who is this again? And who is that again? Because it was so dense and it was so, the show was so much about not the individual people, it is populated by the individual people, but the story is about the city and, it, and it's about the police and it's about the docks, and it's about the schools and it's about the newspaper. Um, and it's about how the bureaucracies in each one of those places kind of create stagnation and kind of, uh, rot as it were. Um, and uh, when we, when I saw the first two episodes, I was like, this is amazing, just amazing stuff. So f- from that point on, I knew, oh my gosh, this is going to be fun. And of course, the first season for me was uh, it, difficult off camera, but on camera, it was um, so much fun. And uh, and I got to create, it, it's difficult also to get an opportunity as an actor to create a character that's more than, you know, and, and this person certainly could have been. He could have been the guy who eats weird stuff with weird utensils and then opens the porno mags after bitching out the the detectives um, and be that fat joke every week, which he was often. um, But uh, it it wasn't left at that. There are many opportunities where he got to be uh, more rounded. He got to have moments like the uh, eulogy for detective Cole Bob Colesbury um, which was an important um, uh, uh, scene for me uh, to do
1: uh,
0: it was difficult to actually get it done because I was having I was on another job at the time and and just getting the time on uh, away from the other the show I was doing at arena stage to come and shoot it was you know, I had to be written out of two episodes prior to that because I couldn't get out of a show I was doing um, just to shoot. Um, but we ended up shooting the the eulogy for uh, Bob and um, other scenes like that that uh, Lansman got to do, which were human, right? when uh, Bubbles is at his lowest. I think it's in the f- fourth season? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I haven't seen the show in 12 years, 15 years, um, where Bubbles tries to, well, I don't want to spoil it, well, at this
1: point, if I, I think, think everyone's it. seen it by now, If they haven't seen it it's like what the hell you know if you haven't seen the wire well, bubbles, I, you know it's bubbles like... is, yes, <laughs> you've seen the wire so um
0: uh bubbles tries to hang himself and then uh, have an opportunity to see in scenes like that and the eulogy in a couple of other places you get to see uh landsman as as more than the device he is for the story and the device he is within the department, which is most of what he is. He's the layer between Rawls and Daniels and
1: Burrell and those folks and our detectives. So, Now, did the writers trust in your talent? That's why they started developing the character more. Like you said, you eventually got, because did they say, okay, Delaney's doing a great job and they built onto your character? Because sometimes the character can just... Stay the same, like you said, be the butt of the joke or be that, but you said they got you. Did they just sit, did they see something in you and said, you know, we got to send him in this direction? I could not tell you. Uh, I had no idea that it was going
0: to be more than one episode when I shot the pilot. Uh, they said recurring, but uh, I worked for five seasons on a week by week contract. Uh, uh, so I had no idea I was ever coming back. Uh, I got the idea after a season or two that I'd be in pretty much every episode. Um, and I think they never, like, I don't know if I said this already, but I I didn't know that there was a real Jay Landsman until after the first season. Uh, that's when I met him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they told me nothing about the character. I just started doing it. And I think then I guess they wrote to it. I do remember distinctly, I think the first scene I shot in the pilot was Wendell and I, Wendell Pierce, who plays Bunk. Um, he's sleeping at his desk and I come up to tell him something. And, you know, as an actor, I made a choice. I just, I came out of my office and I came uh, behind him and I picked up a trash can and a stapler and I could see he was sleeping. And by sleeping, I mean hung over. And I banged that stapler in the trash can to get his attention and tell him what I wanted to tell him. And uh, I remember distinctly going, "Yeah, this this feels right. Let me do this." So I do it, and uh, catches went a little off guard, <laughs> and, which was perfect. And then I hear I, I hear Clark jump up from Video Village, where the director is sitting watching, and um, comes screaming around the corner. He's like, "Yes, that's exactly it. Do this." And I'm like, "Okay." So I got it. I at least have an understanding, a handle of what they're wanting. Out of this guy, and so I sort of played it that way, and then they wrote it that way. That's my guess, but you'd have to ask them how now, that
1: happened. Now, how is it as an actor? Because you know, I talk to a lot of character actors, and it's always you're always you're always hustling. I mean, what is it like when you're sitting there on a show? And you said you were a week to week contract. I mean, does that does that start taking a toll on you? Where you're like, God, I wonder if I'm going to be off this episode, or I mean, or I'm just going to be done. I mean, because you you still you still have to act. Yeah,
0: well, uh, it is a hustle and it is ongoing to this day. And, um, the, uh, the, the only thing you actually have in control is doing the, as far as I'm concerned is when you have the job, killing it. And, uh, uh I think I try and do that. So, um, because then I can turn around and say, if it, if I get the job, I don't get the job. It's not because of what I did or didn't do every time I got the job. Um, and I love the work of actually doing it. All the rest of it sucks balls. But <laughs> I mean, all of it, because, you know, it's been 40 years now of no all the time, constant no. And but you either have either figure out that that's what it's going to be and, and deal with it or don't. Um, uh Yeah, I think what what, what was... I was getting to some point. What was the question again? No, you were talking... I was
1: asking you about what's it like when you know it's like... You know you don't know, like, on The Wire. You don't know if you're going to be back.
0: Oh, yeah, well, in in particular, The Wire, I didn't know... My life was in a whole other place at that time. So um, I had two new young children, and uh, my family was going to break up during the show and uh, all of this. Um, So there were personal things that were uh, so I didn't worry so much about whether the show was getting picked up or not. Um, and especially since I didn't know that they were going to hire me every single time. Uh, I'm glad that it got picked up as often as it did. And it seems like as much as it, they wanted to, to tell the story. And, uh, I'm very grateful because it, it's, uh, the best project I've worked on in terms of an artistic endeavor, uh, in, in film and television, at least, um, uh in my career and uh and of course it's it's why we are talking it it opens doors
1: for me everywhere so. now th- how did cops react to you did would you run into cops like out in the city uh-huh. you watch the show what was the reaction to because i always wonder how a cop will act like especially i'm waiting for the for the new show too i mean that's you never yeah. you know it's me Well, how did police officers act when they met you
0: let, let me put it this way if um You want to have a free drink, come with me to any restaurants or bar, and uh, there will be some, uh, generally a a cop who will come over and say, yes, you, you were exactly the guy, and and pick up our tab. I mean, they kind of, I have got absolutely never, not one bad reaction about, oh, well, you didn't treat us very well. That's all for the politicians. The politicians say, well, you treated Baltimore like jet. Or I, at least I remember that being the case. Um, uh, but, no, the police, they're very happy with my portrayal of a police officer, I guess. You know, I, I like to say I'm not a a, 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 a a police officer, but
1: I play one on TV. And I do the same thing with lawyers. So, <laughs> I want to ask you, I was looking at your IMDb. You were in Ladder 49 uh sort of okay what was that because i know kevin chapman was just on and he said how they had to do all this training and all this shit. what was your Uh, part of that movie
0: kevin chapman was uh one of the firefighters i had one small role uh scene and of course it didn't make the picture it's cut out Ladder 49 was that was uh john travolta right yeah and was joaquin phoenix in that too yes Yes, that's what it was. It was Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Patrick and I in the firehouse. And uh, uh, the scene kept getting moved around in the schedule. And so I showed up. We did the scene. It didn't make the picture. um, But uh, it it was kind of a ball because uh, Robert Patrick's a hell of a softball player. And he was uh, at lunch was wheeling the ball around i was like i can 't even handle this man's throw and uh Joaquin is joaquin um He told a very funny story which i i cannot repeat <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh it was uh, it was a lot of fun and it, and it, that was back in the days when features. I've lived in the DMV my whole life. As a matter of fact, I made the choice when the wire started and I had my, uh, two young sons that I wasn't going to, um, and our family was splitting up that, uh, I wasn't going to move away. I was, you know, we, we made it so that, uh, I, I stayed here. And of course that's difficult for my job because most of my work is out of New York or Los Angeles. So, um, uh, uh, we made that uh, I made that decision then, and uh, i uh, it was the absolute best decision I could possibly make, um, but it made the work difficult and so um, uh, uh, back back then the um oh there was um features used to come into town and, and we used to be able to you know, like, for instance i was I did an episode of West Wing because they would do exteriors in d c and then they 'd shoot some interiors with and I did an episode of that and got cut out of that as well. And a lot of that sort of thing happened um, back then. And now, now the, the, I guess this is the first time, no, Veep was here for a long time. I did an episode of Veep in Baltimore, and uh, and uh, House of Cards, which I never got to work on. That was a big disappointment. Of course, that um, imploded as well because of Mr. Spacey. Um, Uh, and now We Own The City
1: is is back in
0: Baltimore. Now,
1: now after The Wire, do you have juice? Do you have buzz? Do people say it's The Wire? Because I know, you know, it's funny because The Wire was somewhat popular on HBO, but then years later it became streaming. I know David Simon tweeted something very funny. He's like, you know, I have a new show coming out, and, you know, 10 years from now, you'll find the streaming go, holy shit, this is great. And so that must be weird for you because, you know... Through streaming, you know, because HBO, now they have HBO Max, so it's easier to get. But back then, not everyone had HBO. So, but with the streaming, I mean, have you gotten like a second wave of people recognizing you going, that may have not recognized you when the show was out, but now, because everyone watches on streaming, they come up and go, oh my God, you know, do do you get recognized for that role?
0: um, I get recognized for The Wire all day, every day for the last 20 years. Um, I'm... (laughs) Which is kind of amazing. <clears throat> at the at the very beginning, for the first season or so, uh, the only people that would recognize me were uh, African American males, maybe you know, younger males, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, every day, everywhere, and I was like, okay. So we know we have that audience. <laughs> I mean there's an audience for this show because there's and I knew what it was. I mean, we all knew what it was. It was you're seeing actual real people for the first time and black people being um populating an entire show and leading an entire show basically who are smart and stupid and evil and good and uh uh funny and and boring, you know, uh who represented on television, I think that was the biggest change uh, or the biggest uh, thing that you didn't see anywhere else but you, you saw when our show came out. And uh, after that, um, I guess I get recognized. I remember the first time I got recognized from the show, I didn't know people were watching and I didn't know I'd get recognized and I was shopping in a Target and the guy working for Target is following me down the aisle. And I, am thinking, he's thinking, I'm boosting check. I'm like, <laughs> all right, what's up? Why are you following me? He's like, you're that guy from the show. And I'm like, yeah, Oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now I guess it's almost half and half of, I, I spent the last 10, 12 years playing John Buchanan, which is a, uh, the, uh a defense attorney on, on law and order SVU. And so, uh, I'd say it's about half and half out there now. Like, uh, if my cameos are any indication.
1: <laughs> now you do uh, you do people. cameo?
0: Uh yeah, it's a great little app where you get to chat for a couple of minutes with uh someone and and some people say can can, you, can we talk about The Wire and some people say can we talk about Law and Order SVU, most mostly those two shows, but The Wire uh, obviously in particular.
1: Well, now you're also on Blue Buds. Now, that's your from New York, right?
0: Yeah, I did a a few episodes, maybe half a season, a season, as uh, as uh, Bridget Moynihan's boss. Um, and then I think they've rotated bosses in and out. Um, so, yeah, that was a great show. She's great. She's so wonderful. And um, I get to work with her and who else on that? a couple of really good actors. So much fun. can't remember. Uh, yeah, did a little bit of that. A little bit of uh, did two seasons of uh, Ray Donovan on Showtime uh, with Dom Lombardosi. Uh, we only had one scene together, and then uh, the second season
1: he was already off the show. What was uh, what was shooting Ray like? Because that's another show I watched all the time, and it, it's there's some shows that you just gravitate to because all the actors are really good. I mean, you look at that cast, everyone's good, yeah. and for you being an actor, it must be great because. Let's be honest, you know I talked to a lot of people. sometimes you go on, you go on to a show and the number two or the number three just are idiots or they they're not good actors. I mean, it's just it happens. it's like anything. But with that, Donovan, it's like it's like an all-star cast. Does that make it easier for you to, to walk on the set, or does it make it a little intimidating when you go, "Shit man, i really got to up my game
0: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, for me, it's a little, little of both. It's intimidating in terms of if you think about it. But uh, I don't have a problem acting with anyone, so um, it's actually uh, makes it easier because you know the person opposite you is, can handle it, can do it. Um, and on that show, I hadn't watched the show before I started working on it. I watched a couple of episodes when I got the job. And then when I started watching the, the season where I first came on, when, when Dom Lombardozzi had the main storyline, um or, or one of them uh ray donovan obviously um but uh when i first started watching i was like these guys are freaking brilliant the guys who play the brothers oh my god and uh uh so it was kind of violent and nasty maybe not totally my cup of tea but not outside of the realm and i enjoyed watching it um and i enjoyed playing there too i got to play with uh uh, towards the end of the second season with some really great folks, um, Betty Kirko and, um, Quincy Tyler Bernstein. And, uh, uh, and of course, um, Diz and, um, yeah, uh, who I had worked with his brother on the wire. Pablo, his brother. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, uh, a uh, a, a, a lot of sh- fun to do and a great show to work on because anyone opposite, uh, uh, he, was, he, was, he knows what they're doing, like you said. Um, and then after that, I guess we did... The, no, before that, did some of The Punisher, which is where I went uh met John.
1: And now tell me about The Punisher. What was your role in that? Because I, I never saw The Punisher. People loved it. And I know John became, you know, like... People know him from Walking Dead, but then this brought him to a different level. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, he is The Punisher.
0: <laughs> um, that also actually was... It, very fun to work on because uh as i uh, tell people when they say oh you were in the punisher i was like yes um i was in the punisher and i was punished but not by the punisher uh there was a there was a, uh, I make a unceremonious exit from the from the show and, and it is the punisher so there it's it's very violent and gory um it's a comic book show about a comic book character and uh my character, which his name was O'Connor, um, was, uh, purporting to be a Vietnam vet who, um, uh, and of course the, the show is based on, uh, the Punisher's backstory of, uh, of military service. And there was another person in this season's storyline played by Daniel Weber, Australian actor, great guy, um, who, uh was seriously PTSD uh that and I uh, sort of manipulate and take advantage of him my character does and when he finds out he does not uh he does not handle the news well and uh he he, he uh decides to punish
1: and now that was are, my, that was, and it was you,
0: a ball it was so much fun now were Loved you actually
1: it. getting punished
0: or was it a stunt man oh no no that that was me doing the stunts on that it, 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 you know, pretty easy. Same on Ray Donovan. I got to do a bunch of the fun stunts, not the the actual part where I drop out of a building or something, which uh, my stunt double did. Um, But uh, I don't know. It was like working on Godless. I did um, uh, I actually shot uh, Godless, which was a Netflix miniseries uh, a few years back from uh, Scott, who did um, The Queen's Gambit um, as well. He wrote and directed this series called Godless. And uh, I went out to New Mexico, shot two or three episodes um, worth of scenes, had a ball, riding horses, shooting guns, and doing the whole Western thing. It was so much fun until I got the call that, yet again, you are on the cutting room floor, my friend. I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be talking about this because... If a producer hears that I can't keep staying in the show, I'm Dang. not going to get hired.
1: Let's, let's cut this part out. <laughs> You've been on so many good shows. It's quite obviously the job. Now, tell me, how, how did uh, SVU come over? Because I'll be honest, when I see you on that show, I think you're a dick. Because I, I, hate, yeah. you, you played it. I mean, you played the defense attorney great, but you sit there, and I know you are. I mean, you know, you're not. Because I know actors, but you played it so good that you sit there and you go, "Man, I, I just don't like that guy." How did, yeah. was that supposed to be just a one off, or, or was that an audition, or what happened with that? Um, that was a one off that turned into a two or three
0: off that turned into a fifteen off uh, eventually. But yeah, it was. I had worked for Warren Light, who is the showrunner, on uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent. I believe he was a showrunner then, but I didn't I didn't really know him then. I came on as a one-off. I, it was basically the, the Law and Order that everybody wants. I got to play the dead body. I had a few scenes in the teaser, and then I was no more. Uh, and... Uh, so I don't know if that led to the other thing, but I think it more had to do with uh, the showrunner on SVU at the time I had my first job uh, was uh, they had co-showrunners, Peter Lito and, and David Platt. And I had worked with David Platt on uh, The Wire. He had directed an episode of The Wire uh, and we had it off and um, he, he was the original boom guy on um, uh, the original The Mothership. Law and Order, Mothership, but he was show running SVU. I came in to play this Buchanan character. I think they were happy because they brought me back. And then when uh, uh, Warren and Julie took over the show at some point, and um, uh, Warren Light and Julie uh, Martin, uh, they started bringing uh, me in uh, one episode, and then two episodes, and then we had a whole bunch. And then we, there was a rapport. I had a. Gr- I felt like it was a great rapport with uh, um, Raúl Esparza as um, Rafael Barba. Um, we played opposite each other a lot, uh, and it's the same with. Oh, I, I love working there, love it. They are fabulous people, and if you ever get a chance to meet Mariska, you should take every opportunity to do so or talk to her on this. You can get her on here.
1: My uh, my niece met her because. Um, the one of the, the costume designer, Juliet Proshka was good friends. Oh, yeah. Well, she was good friends with my brother's wife who passed away. I remember she was in the wedding. And my, she passed away like 12 years ago. So my brothers raised my uh, niece in New York. But she somehow knew Juliet. I don't know. I, my niece sent me a picture of her and Mariska. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, uh, that's great. But uh, I heard she's great. And, and that's got to be, once again, a well-oiled machine because it's been on, what, for 20 years? And and so is I might add Juliet. She is
0: fabulous. So uh, I, I love going in there, and she always takes her and her costume crew
1: always take great care. Um, now, now, do people act different to you when they see you if they don't like that character? Like, is that one of those ones where they go, "Oh, he's like," because some people can't yeah. tell the difference.
0: Well, I didn't do really do Twitter until they did Twitter, so I started doing Twitter with the SVU folks and the SVU fans because they're all they're they're big into it. And uh, I guess during the pandemic, I continued being a Twitter fiend. Uh, But um, and it's you know I I like talking to folks about this stuff. Except the SVU fans, I you know for the longest time it was uh, all I would get is I want to hit you with my truck. I want to push you out of a window. Listen, I have a place on the top of this building. You should see. You know they they really 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 react viscerally. so- but I under, I understand it. And, and like you said, you, you're you looking at the guy and he's such a dick. But, you know, the actor has to approach it as, okay, you can see it that way. But I love the guy. I love what he loves. Uh, and I'm going to take the tact that he's defending the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution. I mean... You know, maybe the guys who are guilty that you know are guilty, you don't want them to have a good defense, but our system doesn't work unless it's adversarial and adversarial in a competent way, which means a a strong defense of the Sixth Amendment. And, you know, uh, I think that in particular, they would write uh, at you know, eventually uh, they'd have a defendant or um, they wanted to use a defense attorney who was Buchanan like. And so, you know, I ended up defending frat boys from Hudson University and all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, oh, actually, why I think originally he was, yes, I know this is true. He was a mob lawyer. Um, so he was this mob lawyer. And then I guess it was uh, anybody who would pay after
1: that. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, I also, uh, you're on this episode of Cold Case. And, and that's a show I always enjoyed. What was your, that's, what was your, what was your, because I'm from the Philadelphia area. So I always liked uh, it because one time they had a episode where it was from my hometown in Cherry Hill. It was, uh, right. you know, it was a country club or whatever. What was your role in that? On, uh, on Cold Case,
0: I played, well, that, that show had a conceit where there were, younger versions of people and older versions because there was uh it was a cold case so sometimes you'd be going back 20 and 30 years um and the reason i was appearing in uh cold case the reason i i did the guest spot on that was because they were coming east they shot in los angeles Uh, but they were coming east to do their exteriors to shoot in philadelphia Uh, uh, the strange part of course uh Uh, it was the first time I actually got to meet Danny Pino too a lovely man and a great actor who I work with on uh, Law Law and Order SVU Uh, so we had a scene together and I was playing the older version of some kid they had already shot in Los Angeles Uh, and so I was playing when Danny's character catches back up to this uh, person 30 years after the events that ended up in being the murderer of, uh, I believe, a child, and um, uh, so uh, it was uh, tons of fun, it was just the one scene, and, uh, uh, but I got to meet Danny, and what what I remember most about it is the show was um, set in Philadelphia, but shot mostly in Los Angeles, so it would cut from one scene where it was sunny and warm and beautiful, and then my scene which we shot under the ben franklin bridge oh, no. because we were setting up that we're in philadelphia obviously i mean we you know we had it in the background but you could eat uh, see the school kill? that's the river there delaware river um, which one is it delaware river it's the delaware the delaware uh uh, uh behind us so you can see the bridge, you can see me and Danny, and behind us is the river, and it is flowing backwards with ice flows. So it was, and it was snowing in the scene. It started snowing when we shot the thing. So they cut from one scene in sunny Southern California to this scene and back to sunny Southern California. So, and, and no one would notice it except... You know me, because I was looking at it just for that
1: reason. I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> now, now, do you do you watch yourself? What would you watch yourself like after you you're done? Like, have you watched all the wire, or have you watched all your scenes of the show of Ray Donovan, or do you just don't want to see yourself? I mean, how do you do that as an actor?
0: Yeah, I, I I've seen them all, so that I know what I'm talking about when I get on here and talk to you, <laughs> uh, and anybody else. And I want to see them, but I can't see them more than once. Some of them I have to see more than once because I have to. Create reels and stuff to send my agents send out and stuff like that, but I, I generally let them go uh, i 'm not a big fan of my of watching myself uh, I am foreseeing what uh, I need to correct in terms of technically uh, uh, because it is a you know it's a certainly a technical skill as well as a creative and artistic skill, uh, in particular working in front of a camera um, but um i i i I'm not a fan in that i can't stand myself. All I see is the uh the things I do wrong or i I wish I had done differently or done better and um I wish there was someone more
1: handsome in, in my stead <laughs> i you know I never listened to my show i've done over nine hundred episodes i the only time right? I, the only time I've listened to an episode was and it unfortunately this is sad. But anytime time a uh, guest has passed, you know, because you, when you're doing it for 11 years, you know, you know, and that's the only time I listen to it. I still don't like to listen to myself because I'm like, eh, you know, I don't I don't I don't listen to it. And someone's like, oh, you know, what did you talk about? And I forget. I mean, I, you talk and you get caught up in the moment. Yeah, well, I, I hope
0: you don't have to listen to this episode for many many years to come.
1: Oh no, are exactly. no, you exactly? No, yeah, you gotta tell me. We're gonna wrap up soon, but give me give sure. me a good uh, give me a few good stories about shooting the wire because people, you know, a friend of mine from high school, Ken Ashton, is like he, he sees who the I interviewed from the wire. He's like, oh my god, you interviewed them, and I said I was interviewing you, and he was all excited. So uh, oh. just give me a few stories, because I know, I know he'll listen to this, and he'll be like, just give me a few good stories from The Wire that, that you remember that uh, stick in your head. If I can think of, oh, yeah, I can think of one. I'm going to throw uh,
0: Dom West under the bus, uh, which is where he belongs. Uh, <laughs> he, um, uh, I did not know uh, that Idris was from England until the second season when i met him for the first time uh, on the soundstage we were he had shot a scene i was getting ready to shoot a scene i was like hi how are you and he started talking all britishy and i was like what the fuck are you doing to me um but i obviously knew that dom uh was british dom west uh... mcnulty uh... and he had uh, idris the reason i didn't know idris was um... wasn't was british was because he was flawless in in the first season. When I watched it, I was like, that's just perfect. And I, I had no reason to question it because I didn't think, but he's genius. And uh, uh, Dom, however, I had worked with, so he speaks like he speaks, and then he speaks like McNulty. And he had a pretty difficult time in the first season with uh, keeping the American in line uh, when we were shooting. So he spent a, a fair amount of time in ADR, which, uh, for your audience, if they don't know, it's when we go back and re record audio lines watching the video uh, because some things may come up. Some of it's for syndication, like taking out cuss words so they can show it on airplanes and stuff. But sometimes it's for content and it's because, or maybe the line didn't get recorded well enough. Um, so he was spending a lot of time in ADR at that point uh, doing. Um, redoing some of the Britishisms getting the Britishisms out of his his renditions and uh, oh he's gonna kill me if he hears this um, <laughs> but uh, there was one scene where where bunk and I are walking out of the out of the frame of the camera and the rest of the scene stays on him and we're talking about a a, a, a victim and her name is Deirdre Cresson and it's spelled k-r-e-s-s-o-n and any american is just going to default to crest deirdre crescent um Dumb, on the other hand defaulted to Cresson. and um so we would shoot we shot it several times where we would get to the end and 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 Wendell and I walked off camera, turned around and watched him. And he would finish the scene, and he'd get to the end of the scene, and they'd say cut, and he'd say, "Did I get it? Did I get it?" And we just have to start howling because he had no idea that he was still saying, croissant. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a fine French croissant. (laughs) Anyway, that's a funny story for me,
1: but so so. What else is going on in your career right now? You know, we have Own the City* coming out, which you know is going to is everyone everyone's going to watch. I mean, it's just especially now with the HBO Max, it makes it so much easier. People can stream, and um, and then you know, just there's so many ways to watch TV now. But do you have a, Have you been auditioning for anything lately? Do you have any other roles coming up? Uh, I don't to tell you the truth. That's why I'm on here. I thought this was an audition. Oh. <laughs> Actually,
0: <laughs> we um, I'm hoping we're looking at doing. Um, getting back on stage in the fall, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping, um, and of course, yes, constantly auditioning now, and looking for stuff, episodic and, and pilots, traditional episodic and pilot seasons are, are wrapping up, and we're starting to look at other things, um, and uh, I continue my other day jobs, which I kind of love, I, I work for, I've been working 14 years for the uh, Library of Congress, National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. We record audiobooks for the blind for a free service. Uh, so I'm a narrator there for the last 14 years. We have a studio here in, in DC. And uh, let's see, work at Trader Joe's a couple shifts a week. <laughs> and I raise my kids. But now they're in their 20s, so I have more time. Let's do this. And that's awesome, man. Now
1: I know you're on Twitter, at Delaney Williams.
0: Yes, Delaney Williams on Twitter, and I'm even even more into the Instagram. I love taking my pictures, so
1: uh, Delaney Williams actor uh, on Instagram. How long have you been in photography? How long have you been into photography? Your whole life, or is it just something recently you started doing? Once once
0: these uh, phones that we were holding in our hands turned out to be better cameras than I ever owned, ever, and this is from a guy who bought the first digital camera when his first son was born. But they—they they were the first digital cameras, so they were useless. Um, when when this phone that I'm holding in my hand right now, or several iterations before this one, uh, had a camera that good, and and I found something interesting to take a picture of, and of course, in terms of as an actor taking behind-the-scenes shots and and publicity shots for your own. Uh, uh, things. But mostly, I it's not. Uh, I, 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 if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see it's mostly just shots that I find interesting, and, and I really like uh, uh, having the ability to share it, uh, and of course, getting great shots on uh, from behind the scenes. It's it's been a lot of fun doing that. It was helpful and fun. Uh, building that Instagram following uh on svu and now uh on this show and and, and twitter like i said i'm much more into that
1: now so. well, i want to thank you, you for coming i want to thank you for coming on people you got to go you got to watch it starts monday we own the city um and then you got to go about you watch the wire if you haven't seen it i mean we, we 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 gave some of the uh the the story away but once again it was years ago so if you haven't seen it, it, yeah. it it's your own fault i mean you might as well get Ooh. from under the rock
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, if you haven't seen that yet, first start with Homicide Life on the Streets, if Steve can find it for you, and then move on to The Corner and The Wire. And, uh, but you can start this Monday with
1: um, uh, We Own This City on HBO Max. So people, look up Delaney. Uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 900 episodes. You can email me, cooper, at coopertalk.net. Twitter, I'm at coopertalk. Instagram, I'm at coopertalk one Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you.